Today's New Testament reading is from Romans 12, the first eight verses. And when we first hear that, we may think that we aren't really familiar with that passage. But this passage actually has some familiar verses that I'm sure we've heard. Verses that talk about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Verses that call us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, pleasing to our God. But what I want to invite us to do today is to listen to it in a different translation than we're probably used to. To listen to Romans 12, verses 1 through 8 in the message translation. Where it says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. And quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body, but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, Be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, 
Don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last Monday, I got back from a lunch meeting, and I, I went to Andy's office because I just had a conversation with someone who asked about life changers. What is this word? And the funny thing is, in the last hour, Andy had gotten a phone call from someone who was looking to visit our church, who had the same question. And then more conversations seemed to keep coming up around this word, life changers. It's a word our church uses a lot. It's a word that's the name of our magazine. It's our hashtag on social media. It's the word printed on the blue bracelets that we gave out early last year to wear as reminders. It's a word that we offer as an invitation in the giving of our our time and talents to be a life changer. It's, It's a word that we have really run with these past two years. We, we use it in relation to the school supplies we have taken up for MADCAP and Trinity. We use it when we think about the youth who went to West Virginia giving up a week of their summer to go serve. We, we use it when we think about our choir and the time and talents that they put in to lead us in worship. We think about it when we think of those who lead our adults, youth, and children in classes, it's a powerful word. It's one that we've made more than just a word here. It's become synonymous with our church. It's become our identity. The list could go on and on of, of the ways and the things that we have associated with what it means to be life changers. Here's the thing. Is that all of these things that I named, all of these things, when they are done for our own good, for our own glory, for our own self-interest, they're just nice things. They aren't life-changing. The only way that anything can be life-changing is for it to be rooted in God, for it to come from the one who is our creator, the one who... who breathed life into us. He is the only one who makes anything life-changing. So, so why is it that we at this church call ourselves life-changers? Because it's beginning to sound a little heretical. Like, why do we do this? If, if everything that is good and, and more than good, amazing and impactful and powerful, if it is of God, then why do we call ourselves life changers? 
there's a story I want to share with you all about an Orthodox priest named Father Stephen Signori. And he's an Orthodox priest in New Jersey, in Camden. And every night for years, Father Signori, and I'm talking late night, at least 10 or later, he hangs up his robes, puts on a baseball cap, puts on old dirty clothes, and goes into some of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Camden, Atlantic City, and Philadelphia. And he goes out with a picture of a girl. And he goes to each person he sees and asks them, have you seen her? She's missing. And for years, the response has always been no. But Father Signore, he, he always takes these business cards with a, with a number dedicated to solely finding this girl, and he gives these cards out to everyone he encounters. And on these trips, some of his church members have started to go out with him. But on these trips also, Father Signore has been beaten robbed, threatened, and even shot at. But he keeps going back. And almost every night, the phone he got to find this girl, it rings. Sometimes multiple times at night. But it's always the same thing on the other end of the phone. I don't know the girl you're looking for, but I'm missing. I need help. That's every call that comes in. Because the girl in the picture, she doesn't exist. And yet, because of Father Signore going out into these neighborhoods, over, over the years, Thousands of runaways and trafficked youth have been brought to a safe, loving environment. A former professor of mine had the chance to, to speak with Father Signori about this work that he's been doing. And he asked him, why? Why do you do this? You, you have a nice job. You're safe. Why, why do you put yourself in this position every night? You've helped all these kids. Why do you continue to do this? And Father Signore's response has stayed with me since my professor told me the story. And it's this. Because I believe that we as Christians are called to be communion to this world. Communion is often something we think is just a part of the worship service. If we're being honest, it's the first of the month. We take part in it and we leave and it's confined to this church. But if you take the time to listen to the words spoken and the blessing of the elements next week, 
what you'll hear said is a blessing. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Along with the request, make us one in ministry with you, Lord, and with one another until Christ returns and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. We make communion just something we participate in, but communion is who we are. Because for some reason, God has chosen us. God has called us, though we are sinful, though we are broken, though we are human, though we fall and fail time and again. God, God has said, as it reminded us in today's passage, that we are Christ's body. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, we become members together. And his body on this world, and in this world, but it's so easy for us to forget that we aren't just Christians, that we aren't just disciples, that we are his body and flesh are these broken vessels that hold within us a deep treasure because when we know the truth of who God has chosen to be for us when we when we hear the truth of a God who saw us in our brokenness and yet and yet took on flesh and entered this world to save us. When we hear the truth of a God who willingly carried a cross to his own death and experienced the very real pain of death, when we hear the truth, when we know the truth of a God who walked out of a tomb, living death defeated, changes everything everything. It changes us. And it's this treasure that we have within ourselves. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about how we are these broken jars of clay, these vessels holding within us a treasure, reminding us that that we, we do not promote ourselves. We do not proclaim our own good. We proclaim, we, are, we proclaim God. We are the body of Christ. And so many voices in this world will tell us to forget that, that we are unworthy, that we are too broken, that we are too shameful. But God has declared who we are, that we are chosen, that we are precious, that we are worthy in our darkest moment of Jesus going to the cross for us.
We are the ones that Jesus said, you are my witnesses. Why do we call ourselves life changers? Because that's who God has called us to be. Not that is anything that we do, not that is anything for our own good, for our own glory, but is us saying, God, we know who you are. We know who you have called us to be. And allowing God to work through us for his glory, for the good of his children, for the good of his world. Yet sometimes we can begin to think that we're the life changers, that, that we're the ones completely in control. But we are only life changers when we are part of Christ's body, when we are working on God's behalf. And it's not life changer, it's life changers. We together make up who he is, who he has called us to be. And what I love about today's passage is that it reminds us how we can be these life changers in this world. Because today's passage in Romans calls us to place before God our lives, our whole lives, our work selves, our selves at church, our selves at home, our selves at school, on the field, on the stage, everywhere we go, to place before God our life and to keep our eyes focused on him and to allow God to work in us, to mature us and to make us into who he has called us to be and to trust that God will use us when we give him the opportunity to move. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we are co-workers with God, but we have to trust the calling he has placed upon our lives. And that is his power and that is for his glory. And God will move. God will speak. We just get to see it. This month, we've been hearing the call time and again to get back to the table. To be built up, to be encouraged, to be a part of this church. To be a real part of it. But the entire point of coming to church is to be sent out. And to allow God the space to use us. Because when we place our lives before God, everywhere we go, we set his table in the world so that others can experience the truth, the treasure that we get to have in our hearts. So may we remember, we are communion. We are Christ's body. 
And God is just waiting to use us each and every day for his glory, for his children. Let us pray.